Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Saturday, November the 8th, 2020. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. Today, we are going to jump into an episode titled Eight Habits of People Who Thrive in Crisis or Who Thrive in a Dumpster Fire, which I think a lot of us have found ourselves in maybe this year or certainly at some point in time in our life. And I have Heather back on the podcast today. So, Heather, welcome. Thank you for having me. Heather's having a great day, everybody. So she's happy to be she's happy to be here. Right? I am. I'm having a good day. Awesome. So far so good. I just feel like you're kind of rushing me to to do this one and um, you got mad because I was playing Rick Ross every day. Well, hustling. you were distracting me and I was trying to just look at the article that we were referring to it's today. Part of, my, part of my process. Uh, before I kick in, everybody, um, we are kicking off our 50 days of fitness fat loss challenge here in two days and about six hours. So we start on the 11th. It's kind of like their pre-day one. So you have until the 10th. So if you're listening right now, it's Sunday. You guys haven't until sometime later Tuesday to hook it up. And obviously, uh, November 11th until the end of the year is actually 51 days, I believe. And so the last 50 days a year, we basically just try to get people to move more and not eat and drink as much crap as people tend to typically do during the holiday season, especially in times when they're stressed, like albeit maybe this year. So that's where kind of this challenge was birthed from. So if you guys are interested... Hit me up. I'm happy to share a podcast discount code with you guys for listening. The link is also in the Instagram bio. And admittedly, it's probably the one challenge I do that helps me the most. So I don't eat as much cookies and cakes and pies. And Helps me too. Yeah, it, it really does. It's uh, The accountability piece of it is probably the best thing. And then obviously, you know, we'll do over the workouts and, and talk about real food and share a lot of the things that we do at our house during it. So it's a good time. Yeah, and it just... For me, it helps just hold me accountable, but it helps me prioritize. Okay, I have, you know, from Thanksgiving to Christmas to New Year's and everything in between, whether it's like a work party or, you know, friends are hosting Christmas parties. Um, you It helps me prioritize. Okay, I'm going to wait and be, you know, holding myself accountable until this party that's happening on the weekend. And I'm going to have, you know, some splurges and enjoy myself at the party, but then get right back to it the next day. So it just helps me plan out my schedule over the next couple months until the end of this year. Um, so I can still enjoy myself, but make sure that I am focused on my health goals as well. Yeah. And not to get, uh, to get lost on this before we kick the episode, but I, I think of how like I used to do Thanksgiving and how a lot of people probably did. Like I don't know in college, like if you would do this, but like Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, like people would go out and just get lit up. Like mm-hmm. they would go out and booze super hard. So if you think of it, you know what happens during that, you know, five or six day span. So Wednesday, and hopefully you guys aren't still doing this, but Wednesday would go out and just get, you know, hammered drunk until two in the morning. Then you'd wake up on Thanksgiving Day, lay around all day, and then just stuff your face football drink beer stuff your face until (laughs) like take a nap wake up eat more but then friday you're like you feel like a complete you know bag of trash but then you eat the leftovers friday 
And people kind of do that same routine until Monday. So now this one day of binge eating turned into Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe getting back into it on Monday. That's, and that I used to be guilty of that as well. And now this challenge basically was the first version of of me not doing that. And then it's helping everybody else do the same thing. So it's little things like that, that we sometimes consciously don't even think of. So if we can start erasing those things, we head into December and January moving and feeling way better than we typically do. And Jeremy and I share as much as possible of like what we're eating or what we chose if we're at a party, um, sharing examples in the private group and different recipes as as well as everyone else who wants to participate can share and post um, their own, you know, experiences and workouts. Um, but it's just a great group and I love to be a part of it every year. I look forward to it. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, it's helpful. And we'll share the stuff that we do that we eat like garbage. So when I eat like four pieces of pie on Thanksgiving, you'll see me do that. And uh, yeah, you got to live your life yeah. and enjoy the holidays. And that's the part to do it. Best time of the year. Yeah, it really, I mean. Other than summer vacations. (laughs) I like it. I don't like wintertime as much as summertime. Like I love summer way more, but I do like Christmas lights Mm -hmm. and fires and watching Home Alone. So I'm excited for that. But anyways, uh, this, it's going on. So you guys, two and a half days left to register. Hit me up if you guys are interested or otherwise check the link out and we'll get rocking and rolling. So that is where we're at today. But this episode, again, the eight habits of people who thrive during a not amazing time or season of life or crisis or however you want to phrase it or call it, that is what we are digging into here today. And this original piece came uh, from success.com, I believe. And before we dig into kind of all eight pieces here, and we'll kind of just touch on each one of them little by little, obviously... Uh, I want to read something here uh, from Jocko Willick, which I've, I've referenced before, and it's kind of like off of the good uh, transcript that comes from his podcast. And again, uh, if you guys are not familiar with him, uh, Extreme Leadership was like the original book, and uh, he is a freak and just an overall badass, but great in terms of mindset. And I want to read uh, a transcript of it because I do think it, it's helpful, uh, especially when you're dealing with things that are obviously less than ideal. So. The transcript starts like this, and I quote, How do I deal with setbacks, failures, delays, defeats, or other disasters? Um, I actually have a fairly fairly simple way of dealing with these situations summed up in one word, and that word is good. Imagine like in, in big, bold, capital letters, just good, and hearing that with an emphasis on it. And this is something that one of my direct subordinates, one of the guys who worked for me, a guy who became one of my best friends, pointed out. He would pull me aside with some major problem or issue that was going on. And he'd say, boss, we've got this thing, this situation that's going terribly wrong. And I would look at him and I would say, good. And finally, one day, he was telling me about something that was going off the rails. And as soon as he finished explaining to me, he said, I already know what you're going to say. And I asked, what am I going to say? And he said, you're going to say, good. And he continued, and that is what you always say when something is wrong or bad, you just look at me and you say, good. And I said, well, because that's how I operate. So I explained to him when things go bad, there's going to be some good that can come from it. Oh, the mission got canceled. Good. We can focus on another one. Didn't get that high speed gear we wanted. Good. We can keep it simple. Didn't get promoted. Good. More time to get better. Didn't get funded. Good. We own more of the company. 
Didn't get the job you wanted. Good. Go out, gain experience, and build a better resume. Got injured. Good. Needed to take a break from training. Got tapped out. Good. It's better to tap in training than to tap on the street. Got beat. Good. We learned. Unexpected problems. Good. We can figure out a solution. That's it. When things are going bad, don't get all bummed out. Don't get started. Don't get frustrated. No. Just look at the issue and say, good. Now, I don't mean to say something trite. I'm not trying to say something and sound like Mr. Smiley Positive Guy. That guy ignores the hard truth. That guy thinks a positive attitude will solve problems. It won't, but neither will dwelling on the problem. No, accept reality, but focus on the solution. Take the issue, take the setback, take the problem, and turn it into something good. Go forward, and if you're part of a team, that attitude will spread throughout. Finally, I can say the word good, then guess what? It means you're still alive. It means you're still breathing. And if you're still breathing, that means you still have some fight left in you. So get up, dust off, reload, recalibrate, re-engage, and go on attack. End quote, Jocko Willink. Now, probably one of the most badass things I read. Uh, obviously, you can hear it on his podcast as well. But the point is, is that I think, you know, if you want to simple it down into like old school terms, like when one door closes, another door opens. And a lot of times we think when things don't go perfect or the way we want, that opportunity is completely lost and it's done and, you know, nothing will ever go right again. And very rarely is that ever the case. Oftentimes when something goes bad, there is some good that comes out of it, albeit it's really tough to see the forest from the trees when, when shit is going sideways. But more often than not, when you can calm down and you can get past it or look at it from a different point of view, there often is some good even in uh, even in the roughest moments. That's a good. Boom. End of podcast. You guys have a great day. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I thought that was helpful just for the fact of this, like in terms of if we're talking about, you know, how to thrive in a crisis or how to do well in a crappy situation. If you just really break it down and just respond with the word good and then try to see something good in it and move forward, it's a, it's a good starting point. But this uh, particular piece here, uh, the first of the eight habits is start with who. What does that mean, Heather? So based on the article, it's asking how did you show up? And there's a good exercise that I did this morning that can be helpful. If you want to try it, you just take five minutes and you write down the traits of the person you want to be right now and the story you want to tell about how you showed up during this challenging time. Uh, and so you need to ask yourself the questions, you know, how do you want to show up in your work with your family, with your community? And so my traits that I wrote down this morning is I want to be honest. So number one, honesty with myself, my family, my spouse, uh, friends, how I feel, what I believe in, what I want in my life. And number two was confidence. I want to continue to be confident with myself, show up for what I believe in, what I want to accomplish in my life and the person that I am growing into because I'm just constantly working on myself and evolving. Um, now that I'm 35, I feel like I've I'm proud of where I am, but I still have a lot of improvements and room to grow in certain areas. 
Number three, mindful. I want to be mindful of my thoughts, my actions, my energy, focus on what I can control and let go of the things I can't, which is so important right now. And it's a constant struggle. Uh, Choosing to find the joy and the happiness and really focusing on what I do have in my life and not what I don't. Uh, Number four was to be informed or informed so continue to push myself to learn and grow and educate myself in the areas that I want to learn more about and number five be kind so be kind to myself to others and keep giving back to others uh, during these challenging times what about you those are all good ones (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I didn't create a list just so we're crystal clear here Um, you know I said it the other day um, and I, I you know, integrate this in a lot of the, the messages and the things we speak to people. At the end of the day, it does come down to you. There's obviously uncertainty in life. Um, you have to look inside yourself. And I always say it at our house, I'm like, nobody's coming to save us. Like it's me and it's you. And then it's us obviously together as a team. And there's a lot of things that you can't control in the world. Most definitely. And a lot of things are going to happen to you. All you can control is your reaction to those things. But when you decide that you're in control of the things that are going on. Like you empower yourself to be able to handle most things. And for me, the most basic things I look at every day is just, I have gratitude. uh, I have patience and I just try to give more than I take. And if I can control those things, most of my individual world, you know, goes pretty well. And I said this yesterday on the podcast and I said it on the same Instagram today, especially now, like it, it starts with who, but it, it, it starts with you as the person, like taking control of all the things you can take control of in your life. And I know right now it's in a weird time in America and people are all over the place blaming other people for a million different things. But I'm like, you have to just own your world with you first and then your family and then your friends and then your circle. And if you do that, like, and you operate, you know, from a place of gratitude and giving and uh, grace and, and, and charity and generosity, like, I think you're going to be all right. Well, and I think for you, number one is you've had such a clear purpose for so long of what you want to give to the world and do through your work. I think purpose has always been really clearly identified for you for for a long time with the business and who you are. And I think now more than ever this year, you've um, been able to be really consistent with delivering on that. And for me, I think I found more of a purpose through this challenging year. It forced me to kind of evaluate and prioritize and understand more of of what that means for me personally. Well, yeah, and when you look at it, like, you all have the ability to make other people feel good and help them. And we all, I think that's all, all of us have that on some level. Some of us need more of it than others. I clearly you know, probably do because this is what I do for a living. And it's not like everybody, again, I'll put it this way. It's not like I have a great day every day. And I know a lot of people, you know, but people think that sometimes like, oh, you can, no, some days I'm doing these podcasts, these podcasts are working with people where I'm just having like a a shit day and I had 19 things go wrong. But then I, I step back and I, you try to have the perspective, right? And that's probably the biggest thing I try to do is say, okay, is not fun as this day is for me, can I get past my own crap to still help these 47 people who are here? Or can I get on the mic and say something to help the thousands of people who are listening 
because I'm mentally in a better headspace than them. And I'm not saying you guys have to go out and do that. But if you're able to do that and, and take care of yourself first, but stand there for your wife or your husband or your kids and the people around you, everybody's going to be better because of it. And you just have to sometimes compartmentalize that stuff to be able to move forward. And that's, I do feel like that is what I'm here to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a fitness person. Sure. And that's maybe how, you know, us or me and that's super cool. But once you're here, we can give you something more. And I do feel like that is why I'm on the planet, honestly. But I think during this year of, you know, crazy times that we've had to overcome together uh, with both of our industries. And I think for you, um, it has, it's almost like, do you feel like you've been more called to your purpose during this year is my question. Uh, I just feel like... Like you have this obligation is be, what I'm It would be say. selfish if I didn't. Mm-hmm. And maybe because I feel... It's almost like you feel guilty. It's like when you're you're super fit, right? Like, so I'm in shape, but I feel like I should share it. And if I don't, that's just me being selfish. Like just being fit to be fit. Like what is the purpose of it? It's the same thing here. Like I have perspective in the world. Like, yeah, I have problems and I mean, I get sad about the same stuff. But if I looked at everybody else's stuff, I'm like, dude, your problems are not real they're real to me but they're Mm -hmm. not as bad as most people so i'm like if i can see it for that i'm like and i know i say things because of the things that you guys message us and they come in it there is a greater good because of it and you see the power with that Mm -hmm. so you do feel like you have an obligation to put out things because i don't know who listens to this at what time but also don't get a message from some guy in germany hey man i've been having the worst six months and i've just listened to 75 of your podcasts in a row which is very humbling and crazy by the way too but i appreciate it and i'm like well if i would have just sat here and wallowed in my own shit that person might not have heard a message that helped them that helped their husband that helped their wife and so we all have this connective ability to do it and i do feel like i should be doing it i'm not saying all of you have to but you do have the power to do it with like sending a text or just saying hi to somebody and doing it and that helps all of us get through shitty situations and you'll feel so much more fulfilled when you do things like that, it can be something as small as sending a card to somebody, a friend or family member that really needs to hear something nice and, and know that they're being thought of or giving a call to somebody that you haven't talked to in a while, like little things like that. It doesn't have to be like doing a podcast. Um, no, it may be, it may be you're in a, in a crap spot where you don't, you feel like you can't do it today and that's okay. But that's why if I can stand in the place for somebody and I can do it for you, I do feel I, and again, selfishly, it makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. So that's how no, I, I agree. That's how I thrive in a crap situation too. So, like, I'll be honest, this week was really draining. <laughs> We've had a lot going on between, you know, family members transitioning, which is great news that they're um, starting to make the transition to Arizona and move out here. And then, so we had family staying with us. We had our dog situation where she got hurt and tore her ACL. And so we were in the animal hospital and she, which is like the saddest place. Yeah. I get so sad. So one night and oh we've been God. up with her multiple nights and I know we don't have kids and that's a whole nother level, but still been exhausting <laughs> and you just feel bad. And the reality of our dog getting older is sad. And, and then with the election, um, not to talk politics, but just how that can be very mentally draining during this time if you let that uh, take you over, which uh, there's been, you know, days where it's been kind of overwhelming 
for me within my industry and, and just whether it's talking to coworkers or friends or family, it's um, a lot. It's just a lot going on. So my yeah. point is, is, is like, yeah, I'm a little tired today, but... Um, you can control what you can control, and the other stuff is just going to happen regardless. That's well, why I And I wanted just, to show up today because I wanted to do this, even though I don't feel super motivated, inspired, or motivated right now. I just, I know if it can help one person, I know I've said this over and over, but it feels so good to be able to do that and have this outlet. So the last thing I'll add when it starts with you, just control your world, everybody, and just log off of the other stuff. If you can take a a break a couple hours a day or one day a week to not be on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and whatever, or even not even listen to me ramble on, just take some time to be in your own little world. Solitude. I think you'll feel a lot better. And I said it the other day, and obviously you guys listen to me for long enough, like I watch nothing. Most of my information comes from the people who come in here and talk about it. And I can't escape that. And I'm very grateful for them. And it's awesome. But I don't see a lot of other things. And I feel so much better when I don't. Like my world just exists of like the sunshine here and doing fitness and having rap music on and and streaming what we stream on Netflix. And I'm like this, I, I just feel like like a 17-year-old high school kid, and, and there is something to be said about that. Now, obviously, I go back to my normal life once I leave here, but it feels nice to just kind of let all of the shit go and not see the, the arguments and the, the people being so overly uh, overly crazy, in my opinion. So if you can do that and just log off and just be with the, your circle of awesome humans, that is in your control, and do that more often than not. Number two, practice daily rituals with radical self-discipline. Yes. So the article says resilience isn't what you have. It's what you do. So in tough times, you know, it's really important to double down on the practices and rituals that can help you bring you to your best self, uh, whether it's through really trying to focus on physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So tackling all of those, um, What's helpful is like set, setting your alarm. I know I've been making sure I'm getting up at the same time every day and, you know, moving my body every day, eating well. Obviously, there's times where I'm not eating well, but majority of the time I, I really strive to do that. So I feel good. Prioritize um, what's really important to tackle each day and um, take time to read or listen to an inspiring book or podcast or read some content, whether it's um, through the internet or, you know, different articles. And then just making sure that you're doing small practices each day to kind of help you navigate through these uncertain times because there's still a lot unknown right now for so many people. For sure. Well, I look at that like... What it's just your process. I think everything, your success and failures, and the way that you feel and don't feel. Obviously, there's environmental factors and the things that you know just kick you in the balls that you can't really control. But a lot of things comes down to your your process and your practice. On a side note, we do need to do like a podcast on the social dilemma. I actually need to watch it, and then we'll do a whole. I know. One. We'll it's do like, a whole one on gosh, it. I've. I asked did, you to watch it multiple times, I but listen, I had him do. I did listen, listen to, to the, the podcast. Yeah, it was actually really good. I don't Joe wanna, Rogan's podcast. Yeah, with uh, Tristan Harris. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna. I don't want to get lost in it here, but we'll do that. Um, 
just I need to write it down before I forget. But my point is, is that you, whatever your process is, and the reason that came to my mind is because I think a lot of people's process is, is kind of flawed actually. And what I'm saying is, I have a process that obviously how I wake up, I come to work, I eat, I work out. I, it's based on productivity and helping people. And I oftentimes will exhaust myself doing that and then take a little time for me. But I like it for the most part. So like, I'm okay with my process. Heather has hers. She wakes up, she meditates, does the stuff with our dog. Like we all do that, but we also fall into it who are you're when you're not self-disciplined, what you do on is, and I don't want to make social media the enemy because I love it. I love all of you guys, but people have been falling into, oh, I'm going to get onto it. And then they get lost in the Instagram vortex for two hours. Mm -hmm. They get lost in Facebook in a argument or conversation, or they're scrolling on YouTube for a day. It's like, you have to be disciplined enough to block off times to just do email. And, And I talked about this yesterday. When you're working out, just work out. Mm-hmm. When you're working, just work. When you're with your friends, just be with your friends and have the discipline to kind of set be a schedule present. and follow that. And, and it's hard. It's so hard. For sure. And that's why I say like y- your rituals and the routines, it's why fit people are fit because they're prioritizing and they're scheduling. Here's when I do mobility. Here's when I exercise. Here's when I eat. Mm-hmm. Here's when I go to sleep. The people who don't do that, you don't magically just become fit mm-hmm. after the age of probably 24. It just doesn't happen. So you have to really have these daily practices down. It, it's how you're successful in, in basically anything is kind of how you're successful in anything. And it really comes down to prioritizing the schedule and sticking to this routine. And that discipline will allow you freedom, not just of like your life, but of your mind. And I think that's more important than probably anything. Yeah. And for me, what works really well is I use my work computer, my Outlook calendar, even for personal for my personal schedule and I will list out everything on my Outlook calendar, even if it's something small, like, um, need to go to Target and grab, you know, towels or, uh, I will always throughout the week, I will list out each day. Okay. Today I'm going to JSF tomorrow. I'm going to go for a run. Um, I will put all my events on the calendar and then everything else for work. And I just feel like that has holds me accountable and make sure it helps me just stay consistent with um, tackling my to-do list and just making sure I'm following a, a routine that works for me. Yeah. And then the last thing is, and be consistent with it. Obviously you can ebb and flow and shift and, and things might have to change based on the climate of what's going on with your life and your kids and your job and all that. But it's the consistency. And I've said this a million times and I'll probably say it a million more. I'm not naturally just great at anything, but I would just consistently show up and try to improve over and over and over again with fitness, with my eating, with just being a nice human being just all the time. And that's those small daily practices that have the biggest impact and they do compound and it does matter. And all of a sudden, it's not like it just, ha- it, it does happen instantly. Like all of a sudden you just get to this point where you're like, well, I have to make the change. But it won't feel real until somewhere down the line when you just wake up and like, wow, I've consistently done mobility for 46 days in a row. I've moted, I've meditated for, you know, 22 days in a row. And that just becomes part of who you are and what you do. And then you almost... You crave it. Yes. Because you're like, wow, I don't... I just feel off. Yeah. And then if you do skip a day or two, then you'll start to be, feel off. Like I, I didn't meditate this morning and I, I really could have used it. Yeah. I got sucked into social media. And so I was like... Dang it. <laughs> so that's why I say I like need it. to get going. I'm going to come up here. And I was a little late 
actually. So yeah. sorry about that. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm not saying like, I'll, we'll talk about how to safeguard our social, like in a different podcast altogether. But there, the, if you know, that's why I say your process. If you know who you are, what are the things that you can't click on, you can't get into, you can't jump into that are going to be in a time and energy suck for you? We all have that. Mm-hmm. So just try to, that's why I say if you schedule and prioritize it and say, and as dumb as it is, like write yourself the notes, like these almost like affirmations that say, hey, I mean, I'll write it like this. Hey, dumbass, don't click on this. Don't watch this. And just reminders to myself, even though I already know it, it's nice to see it. Like when I open up my computer or look at my phone or it sends me a reminder, hey, you should be doing this right now. It, it is as trivial as it is. It does oftentimes make the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. Number three, stand guard on your energy. What does that even mean? Emotions are contagious. So it's easy to let the fears of others become your own. So just really work on being diligent to set firm boundaries to keep the negativity of others, especially right now, out of your emotional field. Um, Maybe this is like requiring avoiding certain people and really setting those boundaries, limiting your time online, like we mentioned. On the flip side, be intentional about staying connected to those people who will really fill your cup, give you energy. Um, Just they aren't those energy drainers and they just are those people that you feel your best around, which is so important right now too. And sometimes it's your own family and your close friends who are the energy vampires. So Mm -hmm. maybe you have to mentally prepare before you talk to them or not talk to them or Or just set a boundary. Yes. Mm -hmm. We can talk about these things, but not these things, which is tough for a lot of you guys. Uh, I get it for sure, man. And if you are a person listening, try to be a fountain, not a drain on everybody else. It's okay to, to sometimes be the hand reaching as opposed to the hand that's, you know, giving, but you can't always be a drain, man. Like you, People are going to start to treat you and look at you different mm-hmm. if you're always the person complaining and bitching and whining. And it really... And playing doesn't... the victim, which, you know, yeah, I'm guilty of doing that from time to time. But then it's like really working on making sure I'm aware, self-awareness and understanding everybody is going through something in their life. Always. Always. And sometimes it's less severe than maybe what you're going through or it's more severe and you just have to understand that and remind yourself when you are in those types of moods and, and feeling bad for yourself. (laughs) Well, and people have like, they have a really hard time doing that. And that's why I always come back to perspective and I'm not going to share names here, but there's people like in our circle that are close that have, are, have had and are still having like the worst year ever, the worst, like two years ever. And they're stuck in situations that, they can't get out of and we'll be at our house and be like, man, we're having like our little, you know, a pity party for, for 40 seconds. And it's like, well, all these other people are chewing on this right now. It could be a thousand times worse. And I hate to do that, but it has to bring you back to reality. Otherwise you're wasting so much energy and you're making yourself feel worse. And that's why I say <laughs> you, you, you can't take on all the world's problems and you can't just like keep reading all the negative shit. Cause in your own individual life, you're going to have like three things go on that are not ideal. And then you're going to look at, here's what's happening with politics. Here's what's happening uh, with the government. Here's what's happening uh, in this community. Here's what's happening in this country. And you're taking all of that. And that 
is contagious and it, it, just, it just beats it's you like down. It's fueling the fire. And it drains you of life energy. That's why if you take the title of it, stand, your, stand guard on your energy, even without you doing any physical activity, when your brain is stressed and you are just in hyperdrive, you become exhausted. I think I think the study is the, the just just the uh, the mental like strain can drain the body of like twenty percent of its if its life mm-hmm. energy. So now you're already starting off like your fitness and your workouts feeling exhausted, and you haven't taken more than two hundred steps in the day. That's a bad place to be in, and I know it, it, it it's tough when you're in it, but when you start reading things and seeing things and listening to stuff, it's like wow, now you have all this anxiety and this fear and this panic, and it's. And then you mix into it and with other people who have the same thing. And now you're feeding each other this awful energy back and forth. It's a toxic it's environment. It's not serving anybody. I know what's worked us worked well for us during this uh, year is just doing those getaways. Um, whether it's like a day trip or just this past weekend was my birthday. And, and I... Selfishly, I did something obviously that I wanted to do. But I also was aware... What, what was that? horseback riding yes but i knew you would enjoy it too and and he well, I'm loves basically like rip wheeler from yellowstone mm-hmm. so i'm a badass I don't not watch. quite did you see me out there i was like john wayne <laughs> i was riding that thing mm, i don't think you were quite the natural i didn't fall off cowboy but uh no was, my my butt was super sweaty when i got off though i promise that it was but, nice though yeah but i i also was wanted to do something that would benefit both of us and uh, we got we rented this amazing Airbnb cabin up north, and it was just exceeded our expectations. And I knew it was something that we both ne- needed was to get away in um, the pine trees and uh, just a quiet, you know, country atmosphere away from the city, and then do some do a new activity. We've never gone horseback riding together, so it was so fun to do it, and. Uh, it just mentally, I think it was something that we both needed. And I don't you feel like when you got back to Scottsdale, you had even more energy? Yeah, no, I do. I could live in that cabin. We stayed. We were sure. lazy. We didn't. We didn't work out for two days in a row, which felt amazing. And it's just recognizing when you, you and your partner, or you and um, just yourself, need to do something like that. Some self care is so important. No, I, first of all, I could live in that place. We could sell mm-hmm. our house. I would live there in a heartbeat mm-hmm. if I had like, we just need like $5 million, just like paper cash laying around so we don't have to work or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could just travel around, do fun stuff and live in, I could live in a log cabin. I, w- I really wish in Scottsdale you could build a log cabin and you wouldn't be looked at like a complete weirdo because I would tear down our house and do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> it just really wouldn't fit. I don't think it really works with the climate in the desert. I know, but... and the termites and all the stuff, but. I do. But we're only 90 minutes from true pine trees and high elevations. So. But no, that was nice and it was fun. And it, um, it is helpful. It just takes you out of your normal. And I love my normal life and routine, even though this year has been a mess. Uh, it's nice to do something that is, I guess, mindless, if you will. Whereas like social doesn't really matter. Uh, work, you know. Uh, yeah, I'll check email and stuff. But it's like you do so much less of it just because you're not attached to it. And uh you guys all have the power to do that. You don't even have to go really... Change your environment. You don't got to go far. and don't got to spend much money either. Uh, where am I at here? Number four. Oh, should we talk about oh. how you got scared by the skunk? Dude, I wasn't scared. 
They're the, but let's be real. The Airbnb had a hot tub, and we were like really excited because it was chilly at night. We're gonna go hot tubbing, and we <laughs> we poured ourselves a drink, and we went into the hot tub, and it's it's pretty dark out, pretty late, and the back the back patio area. All of a sudden, this huge skunk arrived and was making its way toward the hot tub and jeremy was all freaking out like he's gonna spray us dude this thing <laughs> was, was like so funny and then three I start, feet from he's us. like he's coming he's coming to us i was like oh my gosh we're elevated and the, the hot tub dude, was elevated he could, he could come up them steps so quick and spray me right in the you face you were like on the edge of the hot tub just you're, watching like a hot you were hiding behind me well, yeah, but then I just start clapping my hands. I'm like, I'll clap my hands. A loud noise will scare him. Well, first, we saw him. Yeah, I was scared. It's a skunk, dude. They smell. <laughs> he was like, so they this cat this cabin has like this. Um, it's like it's like a, it's, on the bottom has like a chain link fence that like they just have some storage stuff under there, and they have like a big deck up top. Well, like you, we looked over, and this skunk is like. First of all, you couldn't tell what it was. I don't know if it was like a raccoon or what. It was like in this fence. I'm like, how did it got in there? And then like, sure enough, like it walks over like this little slit of the fence and he slides in there. And I'm like, this dude is going to come up here, up these steps. And he's going to come in this water here. And I like, think he's going to hang out with us. And like, if you guys ever smelled skunk, which I'm sure you have, and it sprays well, you, hasn't? it's not good. It's not a good scenario. I'm not, uh, I haven't been in nature in a while. I'm not equipped for that. Obviously. Well, hey, I have like no clothes on. I have no shoes nothing. I'm like, I can't run. I'm like, I'm trapped in this hot tub. But you scared, we got through you it. You scared him away. Twenty twenty, man. It just keeps. Uh, that would just be fitting. Like I get sprayed by a skunk. <laughs> like I'm stuck in this person's house. Like just a mess. That would be so gross. Oh man. I mean, if this was gonna happen, this is probably the year for it to happen. But we made it through. Anyways, uh, number four, embrace discomfort because you can't grow without it. You want to go or me? You can. Um, you know, this is, you know, 2020 in a nutshell, I think for most people, uh, even if some of you guys haven't, uh, you know, had the worst time, I think anybody has felt a little bit more stressed, uh, anxious and, uh, uncertain for sure. And the way I look at it with anything, you just have to take these, you know, rough times kind of head on. And it's like the old saying, we've said it here before and people always say it, you know, Nothing amazing really happens in your comfort zone. And you kind of have to just be uncomfortable at times because that is how you grow and that is how you change it. It's what happens in the gym. Like the workouts aren't easy. If they were, there wouldn't be enough stimulus, you know, to rip the muscle fibers. There wouldn't be enough stimulus to have you improve your aerobic endurance. Like no major change would come. It comes from increasing the load, the speed, the tempo, or the volume if you want to go the fitness route. It's the same thing where my mom and Dave are trying to, to probably move here. And Dave has never, as my mom got remarried, uh, Dave has never left Michigan. Mm-hmm. He's in his, he's 50, whatever he is. Like, that's going to be uncomfortable for him. It's going to be a major change. He's secretly probably shitting his pants thinking mm-hmm. about it. I couldn't imagine, like, I did it young, but I, like, I had... I just think it's easier when you're younger mm-hmm. because you have no money, no resources. And it's like, uh, if you fail, you're young and stupid and you kind of get a pass. As you get older, it's like, well, shit. And because we had, I had moved through college and through the GA and all these other things. So I had been around America already. So I'm like, well, what the hell? Moved to Scottsdale. No big deal. But if you haven't done it your whole life, there's 
some discomfort there, but that is also how you grow. It, it's helped us a ton. We wouldn't be these same two people mm-hmm. if we stayed in the same cities we grew up right. in. And it's the same thing. Like I think this year has been completely horseshit all the way around. I, if whatever you believe in God, the universe, source energy, unicorn tears, Hey, I, I get it. We can move forward. Like I, I learned the lesson at this point, but with that said, there's a lot of things that have happened in the last seven months. I learned more about myself. I've gotten clarity. I have a better understanding of what I'm really supposed to do versus I guess what I thought I was supposed to do. And it has not been comfortable a lot of days and beyond discomfort to the point of where it's like you're stressing and it's almost like this, you know, painful thing where you know it's not healthy for you to do. But even with that said, there is a lot of mental growth that has come from that for me. So I have embraced it the best that I can and tried not to sound like a whiny asshole throughout and hopefully helped a lot of you guys who've listened. But when you you look at the problems and you try to turn them into a different opportunity, but by pivoting or something and just understanding that it's probably not the end of the world and even though it's not ideal in the moment can you become a better person because of it and if you're listening to me today and i've said this before it hasn't buried you it just planted you guys Mm -hmm. to be this awesome person moving forward And, and and you might not have become this person without this shit and and i've said this for me again and i'm i'm totally over this year by the way if you haven't grasped that But I look back at like my life, like when I was like sick and I felt like shit and I couldn't figure out what's going on. I wasn't healthy. As as rough as those moments in my life were, those probably a couple years of my life in, in all reality where I was like depressed and sad and just I felt physically crappy all the time, that changed the scope of my entire life. Like that has led me to be this person today. That's why I take my mind so serious and my health so serious and my schedule and what I do without that. I probably would have kept on the same path and just if my body could have held up, I would have kept drinking and doing drugs and not taking things serious and there would be no Jeremy Scott Fitness and I wouldn't be this person today. So I have to thank my genetics, I guess, and partially my own stupidity and crappy habits and my body failing on me for being this healthy and this diligent about it today. And without that discomfort, I wouldn't have grown into be who I am. I agree. I think I keep trying to remind myself with each problem um, that either we both are facing or individually, it's just constantly asking myself the question, like, what is what is this going to teach me instead of um, thinking of it negatively, thinking of what's the positive that is going to teach me and help me grow through this challenging experience or problem. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, like, you can always look at it like Jocko and be like, well, good, like, I got fired from my job, good, like, you can say that, and it's easy to say, like, after the fact, it's tough when it's going on, and there's some things that just suck, and there is nothing, there's nothing good that comes from it, like, this year has been great, like, my grandma died, it just sucked, like, there's nothing, there's no fucking lesson in that, like, my dog tears its ACL, it just sucks. There's nothing good that comes from that. But you just embrace it and you try to you do what you can with it and make the best of it as you go forward. And sometimes there are just things that that aren't ideal. But I think when you look at it big picture, as time goes on, it is a great... They do become sometimes the most shitty moments of your life often do become the greatest gifts. And uh, it makes you a really mindful, grateful, well-rounded person. And 
oftentimes time is the only thing that makes you really realize that. So number five, connect with your spiritual gangster self. What is that? How do you do that? Um, connect with my spiritual self. Mm. I'm not a huge, a meditation person. I'm not a huge, uh, like church person. I just kind of do it in my own way. Uh, I'm a huge, just quiet person. I like, I don't get much of it. That's probably why in all reality, but I just try to really be, uh, mindful. Um, when I say I'm a church person, doesn't mean I'm not spiritual and I don't believe in God. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but I don't like go to a physical building. I don't go to mass. Like I grew up Catholic. It's not, I don't like the whole, um, show of it. I think you can kind of do it from anywhere. So I really just try to be thankful, uh, for everything that I do have. And I try to just appreciate all the gifts that I am given. And I just deal with the crap that comes with it. But I really, I look at it like I'm here for a reason and there is a purpose. And I, I can't imagine it's all by just like freak accident. Maybe that's what some people believe. Sure. But I can't believe I've been this gifted and this lucky on accident for no reason. So I'm like, well, if I can start to understand like why I am this way and why I think this way and move this way and why the things have happened for me, how can I reflect on that? And what is the deeper meaning of it? And so I do it, I guess, kind of in that way, if that makes sense to anybody listening. I I think so. But I don't like sitting like, I don't meditate like you. I just, my, I can't. Well, and I, I, my meditation is like meditation and prayer to combined, which does help me, you know, tap into my faith, which helps me overcome fear, which going through this article, you know, asking yourself, how would you speak, behave, interact, live and lead today if you were operating from faith over fear? And I know that that's helped me just having, believing in, in a higher power, whatever that looks like for you and help and just diving into that and focusing on starting there. And then you can accomplish those challenging times and, and stop. Cause there's always going, there's always going to be fear in some aspects of your life, but how can you push through the fear? And usually if you have a belief in something, it can help carry you through. Yeah. When I, again, like I think fear is a, a weird word. Like I don't, you might be, again, however you want to swap the words. If you're nervous about something or slightly scared or have a slight amount of fear or anxiety, I think that is fine. It's when it becomes crippling and crazy. Like that's when to the point of it can't work. But if you do, and again, that is a great sentence. How would you speak, behave, interact, live, and lead today if you were operating from a place of, faith and like belief over fear, whether that's, you know, belief in yourself or whatever. And again, if I'm again, I'm not, this is not a religious podcast, but if you like believe in God and you look at it that way and you're like, well, those gifts came from God and they gave them to you. Like that's how the the operating system is. And like what you're going to do with them, like obviously is up to you. I, you like personally, like when I see you, like when you are in, if you want to tie into like again, not religion, but being spiritual and like nature, Mm -hmm. that is where you, I get a lot of energy, like spiritual energy coming from being in nature and in the outdoors and doing, um, you know, adventures and different environments that I know, um, give me that sense of, of faith. Well, and you're calm there Mm -hmm. and you're, 
you're just in a better mood. Mm-hmm. You're more creative. Everything just flows. Like you like yours is tied to that, like animals in nature and like when you hike or when you're at the lake or at the ocean or in the mountains like that's your jam like that's what that's how you connect to it like Mm -hmm. you can see it actually happen and honestly i think most humans are meant to do it that way i don't think how we currently structure a lot of our stuff is probably how we should be like Mm -hmm. for happiness yeah for economic prosperity in life i guess that's what we've been doing but um, I think a lot of times there's a disconnect there because we're so busy all the time. Like we don't get a chance to like step back and just really sit and be mindful. Or if you're a person who prays or whatever your thing is. Um, but yeah, you do it with nature for sure. I do it in little moments throughout the day. It's like, I just call it like mindfulness. That's my way of being, you know, spiritual, I guess. And it's, it is nature based too. It, it can be little though. Like I'll do it if I sit in our backyard and I'm like, wow, it's a cool breeze, which here is a big deal. Because it hasn't happened in like seven or eight months because it's been hot as shit. Mm-hmm. But it's like I do that or like just little things like it's so simplistic, like watching a fire. And then your brain starts to think on this different wave pattern because it's away from technology and all the normal stuff. And you can actually slow things down. And to me, that does help. I agree. And I think so much is tied to when you can connect to your spiritual self, however that looks for you, then you'll have more clarity as to what your purpose is in life first well yeah and it's, it's common like, again if you tie it to like fitness like yoga is very much based in this mm-hmm. like when you look at the practice of, of multiple kinds of yoga or when people do these nature retreats and things there is some there is something with it and again if you're not a person who likes to be outside and in nature it's probably hard to understand but most of us have that connection to it like when you stare at the ocean for a lot of people it's just something different whether it's the vastness of it or like you realize how small and insignificant you are in the world. And I think it's healthy to do that sometimes. If you can zoom out from your life, if you will, if you got a visual and be like, wow, I am this small dot in this huge, you know, soup of life that's going on. And it kind of gives you a, you know, a perspective on everything, hopefully. Number six, mm-hmm. look for ways to turn your L's into W's, son. <laughs> Boom. Right. And like the problem is that most people are so preoccupied with the doors that are closing that they fail to really see the doors waiting to be opened, which I know is a struggle, including myself. But um, like, for example, I was talking to my sister the other day and she is an educator and then she has my two nieces who they're all doing virtual learning right now from home which can be so challenging and can be frustrating for many, I'm I'm sure right now with parents that are having to go through that and their kids. But I was talking to her and I was like, well, the positives about that is they're, my nieces are learning how to use technology, which is going to help them in their future careers they're going to develop like business acumen they're going to understand email you know etiquette business etiquette using phone email computers problem solving on their own by having to you know send questions to either their classroom or their teachers and uh, just learning the new and tools and resources that have kind of forced it you know this whole pandemic has forced it upon so many people Um, But it can really benefit you in different areas. Maybe not, you don't see it right now, but eventually it's, it's going to benefit them as they grow up. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, again, it. these are all points are connected together, and it's really tough to see a, a bad loss as a win in any way uh, for the when it happens in the immediate time frame. It's like, wow, like, let's say you worked a job for 10 years and you got fired. It's hard to see the positive in that. Now, everybody is different, but I've, and I've shared this before about like my, my dad worked a job for 33 years, same company. And basically one day they're just like, kick rocks, dude, you suck, you're out. And I think he's obviously hurt by it. Um, you know, probably sad, depressed, more likely for him, uh, pissed off, angry for sure. Uh, but it was, when I look at it now, it's like the best thing that ever happened to him. He became not quite, I mean, he's Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino, mind you, but he became the most positive version of himself he ever was. He's his most happiest. He's doing things now that like he would never have done, like just complete, like what would I consider like normal people stuff. But that's, you know, in an immediate when it happened, he was pissed, he was angry, he was mad. And now I think if you would ask him whether he admit it or not, it's the best thing that ever did happen to him. That's his biggest W was getting fired from this job from 33 years that was that he fucking hated and that was making him miserable. And now it's like he likes to do at least some more, I mean, kind of normal people stuff. But he just has a better attitude is what I'm saying. And that's a, probably one of the best examples I can give of like you think this is the career you should be doing. You think your life should be going this way. And it took something seemingly bad to happen to turn into something amazing maybe six months later a year later or two years later and that's a good example of it hopefully Mm -hmm. no it is and again it's tough dude i really i i I feel for you guys and if nothing else when bad things happen or when problems arise maybe it forces us to step back and, and slow down and refocus and be like you know what is this really what I wanted to be doing? Is this really what I should be doing? Is this really what I'm meant to do? Was, was this really making me happy? Or was I just kind of going through the motions because I got so busy and wrapped up in it and I got so down the rabbit hole, I couldn't see, you know, the light of day. And that's what I have to believe for at least a lot of things and trying to, you know, turn a negative into a positive anyway. Number seven. Yes. Make plans, but use a pencil. We are best. We are at our best when we're. Who uses a pencil anymore? <laughs> Who uses a pencil? I don't use a pencil, but a pen I do. When you were I do in, write what, a lot. When you were in school, write a what lot kind of, of pencils would you use? What kind of pencils? Yeah, like so normal like, pencils. You're not understanding the question. Let me break it down for you. So when I was in school, when you were broke, you used the wood pencils. Yeah. And you went over to the wall and you stuck it in the sharpener and you turned mm-hmm. it and you twisted it. Now, those are the really broke kids. That was me. The next level kids had a little, they had their own pencil sharpener at their desk. Oh, I have my sharpener. Yeah. So then it would like, it would, the spirals would go in the little case and you could see it or you'd have to do it over the trash. But most of the rich kids had this like that one. But then the really rich kids. The big bubble one. No, they had the big ones where you could click it. Oh, I had those. Yeah. Those are the rich kids. Oh my gosh. So like it came down to you had really limited school supplies that your parents bought them yeah. for you. Your parents got you the pencils. And but or sometimes you get the fancy ones where the pencils wouldn't just be the plain like uh they're like graphite, but uh they're like, you know, yellow pencils. You get one that's like a Minnesota Vikings pencil mm-hmm. or like a Where's Waldo's pencil. Anyways, I just <laughs> thought of that. Cuz I'm like, who uses a pencil anymore? Uh but continue. Sorry to interrupt you. Well, this pandemic has taught us that plans obviously can unravel in an instant and it also has taught us to make the best of what we can each day, 
and just whatever curveballs are thrown at us. Um, but setting goals and making plans by writing it down can be so helpful. And I know for us, we do this a lot, especially during our online coaching groups. It, there's always a section of writing down your goals, not just um, for your fitness goals, but just your personal and life goals. And because they all are intertwined and it will um, usually have a higher success rate if you write your goals down and you have them to refer to. You can, I type them out too, and I have reminders on my computer uh, to refer to those documents. Um, but I also use like just a standard notebook too. And whether it's kind of a journal or um, just what I want to accomplish in the day can just be so helpful instead of just having it on your mind and thinking about it, but you're actually not taking action. So I think seeing it and writing it down, physically typing it out can just hold you accountable. Yeah. And I think people forget sometimes or when it's out of sight, it's out of mind. So if they're not seeing it routinely in front of their face, uh, it tends not to be as important and you can do it big rocks little rocks like things you have to get done and then things that you would like to get done and you can play off that when i read it like just the statement itself mm-hmm. like make plans but use a pencil just be willing to shift and that's really tough to do if you're a planner and you're a type a person because i think for a lot of us for me specifically um i'm a process person not so much the end goal that will happen if i get the process right the end goal is going to get there and i'm always concerned about how do we get there like okay i want six-pack abs i want to drive this car i want to get a degree i want to get a promotion well what is the process to that because without the process the goal is irrelevant but during this year for almost everybody i'm sure you had a plan if, if you're a parent out there, your plan was, okay, my kids are going to go to school. They're going to play these sports. We're going to go on this vacation on these days. And now that is not how it works. If you were going to, you know, travel, you probably want to go to these concerts or go to these countries. Or go, and that, now that doesn't exist because you've had a shift with it. So what I'm saying is when you have this structure plan, just know you have to be adaptable to pivot with it, especially, especially this year, if not any of the other years. And I know that is really tough when you want to have a concrete idea of what the next three months or six months or year looks like, because what I plan to do this year, I don't think any of it has happened. Like mm-hmm. zero, like zero, like, and that's it's sad to say that, but I'm talking fun stuff, work stuff. I've been able to pivot and go crazy, but just the, the mindless escapism things that I wanted to do. Cause like for me, this was going to be okay. I pay my house off. My business is running this way. I'm going to just call my best friend and him and I are going to go to the Vikings Packers game at Lambeau and just drink beer and eat cheese curds. And that's what's going to be but like that didn't happen. So I have to, okay, well, how can I, you know, fill the void or fill the gap and, and shift that where I was so committed to it. And sometimes the, your plans just get ruined by you know, a pandemic, if you will, or whatever. But I think when you look at a normal year of your life, you have to be willing to shift to an adjust. And if you can't, be flexible, you're going to be really disappointed, pissed off and angry because you're, again, and I don't want to throw Heather under the bus here. She used to be so obsessed with being, everything being perfect. You know, did this, did this trip go perfect? And if it doesn't, it's like, we kind of all talk like, oh, Heather's going to be mad, you know, or if it didn't work out the way she wanted to. And it's like, you're, you're, you're way better now. You're getting there. Thanks. Like to adjust, but you, you are though, like you would want it to be like this perfect experience, Mm -hmm. this perfect this. And if it's not, you're like, well, what the hell? 
and uh, make a plan, but use a pencil from now on. <laughs> I'm just, I'm sorry, but it's like you're the best example I can think of because you always want everything. It's okay. To be per- you always want everything to be perfect, and I'm like, so do I. But I just am realistic too and know that it's never going to happen. But again, here's an example, and I'll go to the next one. And let you guys go. When we went with Jeff and Emily to that uh, A-frame cabin. Mm-hmm. we made the best of it um, and that place was terrible. Yeah, but I think I did a great job of just rolling with it even though I was the one that basically planned it and it was kind of not an epic fail but it was just like... It was a great... It's Well, and that's what I say like when you turn an L into a W, right? Yeah. If it was just you and me, I would have packed up our stuff and left. Well, you were ready to leave which yes. gave me even more... Well, I thought I was going to get murdered. I was so like... I was so angry when we walked in and it was just not what we had thought it was going to be i didn't feel safe or clean and i don't mean but like, you were like ready to leave and yes. which made me even more upset i thought someone was gonna murder me yeah i was seriously was like this it is was like kind a of mo- in a weird sketchy area this is a movie mm-hmm. like and i'm like i don't have we don't have firearms here we don't know the area mm-hmm. i'm like what am i gonna do like i'm gonna get murdered tonight i'm gonna be on date but i just week. kept making jokes out of it and we it's it's really going to be one of those memories that we'll always be able to laugh at yeah we turned l into a w mm-hmm. it worked out and uh anyways number eight uh be kind to yourself particularly when you fail kids which i've talked about a lot recently because failing happens dude mm-hmm. it's inevitable it's a part of life <laughs> and uh and it's hard. Like, it's hard to be able to pick yourself back up and not be so hard on yourself. Um, so when you all, when you are falling short of the person you are trying to aspire to be, just get into the habit of really treating yourself the way that the most loving person in your life would treat you. And after all, most of the time, like beating yourself up is just going to bring you down. It's not going to lift you higher. So just try to focus on doing the opposite. And, um, you know, studies have found that by forgiving yourself for your failures and practicing self-compassion, it can really help you bounce back even faster and then you can rise stronger and be able to tackle um, those, you know, positive habits moving forward and uh, just continue to get in a better mindset and on handling your failures. What's helped you? Well, I mean... I feel I feel a lot, so I've learned a lot of stuff. I think the biggest thing with this is I don't do this. I don't um, beat myself up over it anymore. Maybe when I was younger. I've been doing this for so long, though. Like, you're going to take L's, uh, especially in this life that we do now because it's it's beyond our friends. And all of you guys listening are amazing. I'm sure we'd all be super close friends if we hung out, but a lot of you guys, I've never met you. I've never seen you. I probably, I might even never been to the country that you live in and you're listening, which is super humbling. But when it gets beyond just your circle of friends, you're going to say things people don't agree with. Um, you're going to post stuff people don't like. Some people are going to think you suck, uh, and not like you. And I don't take that personally. Uh, when we do a program and every single person doesn't love it, I don't, I, I take the feedback I improve on anything that we could do better, but I also know like it's not a failure if it doesn't if every single person doesn't love everything or if we you do. Didn't sell as many you know online programs as you wanted to. It's not a to meet your goal. It's and... not a failure. Like mm-hmm. so, here's my example. Let's say we 
run a program and we cap a lot of ours because I care about the, the quality of it. There's a lot of things that we honestly sell that I could probably sell 500 of them, but there's no way I could actually answer all the questions and help all the people. So then I'm, it's just a money grab. I'm not a fan of that. I'm going to be rich enough as this is, as life goes on. That's how I operate this business. I'm not operating on 90 day windows. If we don't have a great Q3, it's fine. I can, I'll make it up somewhere else. But when we try to do, and I, and I help people, we try to cap all the stuff. So if we run a group, and we cap it at, let's say a hundred, but I, but maybe we only sell 96. Am I a failure now that I'm going to help 96 people move better, feel better and have a connection with them because I could, I'm going to focus on those six slots I didn't sell. No, I don't operate that way. Again, I, I it's like, it's like tracking macros. Like if it's 46 or 40 carbohydrates, who gives a shit? Like you're living in the same arena. You're still doing good work. Mm-hmm. It's the same premise I talk about all the time. It's I just said this yesterday on the nutrition podcast. It's about making progress, mm-hmm. not about being perfect. And a lot of times, for and this is me speaking, I'm always going to think of myself as a 17-year-old broke idiot kid who didn't know what the hell was going on in life. I, I'll probably always feel that way. I don't look at stuff now and be like, well, I didn't sell this or I didn't make this. I'm a failure. If I looked at, if you would have told me this was my life 10 years ago, all the stuff I'm failing at now, that that's, maybe my goals weren't high enough. They would be way bigger than my biggest dreams and wins ever would be, if that makes sense. Like the stuff we launch and do now that are failures are more successful than anything I could have ever imagined. And it's not about money. It's about helping people. I never thought in a million years people would even listen to, a hundred people would listen to the hell I'm talking about, let alone the amount of people who do. So anything we do that isn't perfect, it's okay. And when we do something wrong, I say, okay, why didn't this work? What can we do better to make the process? When we do our, and I'm going to say like, I'll talk about our business. When we run online programs here, we first used to do them. We'd create a program. We deliver it to people. Uh, you know, some of it on like private Facebook groups, some of it via email. And I'm like, well, now if we deliver it and we deliver stuff every single day, they get it emailed to them directly and we post it in all the groups and they can message me via email and they can message us like there's deeper levels of connection. And then what we started to find out was like, okay, well, people don't know what macros are. Well, so that first program was a failure because people are confused. So we make a macro guide. They're still confused. We make a macro video. We give them a macro podcast. And then they still don't know how to use my fitness pal. So this is like the fifth version of a program we're running. By the sixth time they do it, we have a video walking them through how to use my fitness pal. We can make a live video integrating them. And so what I'm saying is trial and error. The seventh or eighth time we've done a program that you get it, it's probably where it's damn near perfect. But the first eight programs, I don't look at as failures. We still help those people. You're, You're just, just learning to from help each them more. failure and, and that's trying it. to take something away that you can do better next time. Even if it's something as small as like last night, <laughs> he keeps bringing home crumble cookies. That's, if not, you've a ever... fa- that's not a failure. That's... No, 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 no. no listen listen to, to me. Don't interrupt me. Number... You interrupt me. I know. That's what I do. Number eight, be kind to yourself. Boom. Cookies are being kind to yourself. When you worked out like a maniac all week, that's what you do. I know. For you, you that was your reward. But I'm saying for me, I um, had already had treated myself and then Treat he yourself. brought home crum- crumble cookies, which are like so addicting to me. And I had told myself, okay, I'm not going to have them. And it, there was like an hour passed and I was like staring at them. I'm like, God, I really want some. And then I ended up eating some and then 
this morning I was like, okay, I'm not going to be hard on myself because I ate some cookies. Um, but he keeps bringing them home every weekend. So it's now it's become kind of an issue for me. So I'm like, okay. But how good were they? They're so good. I brought, they had a churro one, which is new. Mm -hmm. I never had the churro one. That was amazing. And the they animal had, cookie was new. An animal, I had that animal cracker cookie. I've never had that one either. And then just the basic chocolate chip, which isn't my favorite. I like um, that one. And then uh, the chilled sugar is my favorite. I could eat like 10 of those. They're, dude, they're so like fat and sugary. Like they're so good. I only, here's the thing. We've had people in, we've had people visiting like every week for like weeks. I know, it's been. And so what I, and I talked about, I actually talked about this yesterday on the podcast. And here's what I said, just so you haven't listened to it yet. I said, you guys, I'm going to go, and I was hungry yesterday. I was like starving as I'm talking about nutrition. And I'm like, I'm going to get crumble cookies. And I'm going to bring them home, but I'm going to sit there and people are going to dig into them before me because they always do. I didn't though. I waited. No, you and did. Dave was good too. I know. They must have ate some at dinner. Because mm -hmm. uh, I for sure thought Dave was going to be the first yeah. one. Well, he that's always I, is. I know. That's why I do it because I'm like, I can, I'm really like, I'm a fat kid deep down. I'm an overeater, but I'm very good until i start like Me so too. If, if it's not open mm -hmm. i won't be the first one to open it i'll let but other people once i've started that's what's so hard especially with these cookies I guess for me, I was just frustrated because I just had been treating myself. It was like Halloween and then it's always my birthday. And so it's like multiple days in a row. And then I was like good all week. And then I'm like trying to be good this weekend. And then it's just like quit buying treats all the time. And I know you deserve them, but I, I deserve them too. I'm just saying because it was already my birthday. There are a lot though. Like you, like I worked out super hard today. I worked out really hard that day too. But... but it's uh, and then and again i'm not saying like eat like shit and work out hard but there is such thing as damage control and you can take advantage of the the glucose and the buildup and everything but they're so those cookies are so dense that you think maybe they'll sponsor the podcast we've been talking about them a lot lately crumble cookies if you're listening i'll give you a spot uh, everybody else they suck don't get them um but no it's uh those are a lot i can't i can't do that next weekend but they're good man they're addicting. I'm addicted to Safeway cookies too. Mm -hmm. I just like, I like all the same stuff you guys do. Um, what was the point of us talking about that? My point was you're failing. that. You're no. failing on your diet. <laughs> I'm a huge failure. You're a loser. Failure. No, uh, just to have self-compassion. Don't beat myself up. You know, it's okay to treat yourself. Um, but just learn to uh, not be so hard on yourself and kind of, Figure out a way that it you can reward yourself, but also stay in line with your goals. And um, yeah. Well, yeah. And if we, I don't know, I'll wrap this up as I tie it in. Like in terms of like people who thrive in a crisis or in these things, like when it says be kind to yourself, particularly like when you fail, if it is about the food and you guys have heard me say this before and I have to just drill it home. Like I, I said it Friday, like don't be your own worst enemy. Don't be... Don't have this eater's remorse and drinker's remorse and feel terrible about the choice you made the day before. It's over. You can't go back and Today's redo it. Today's a new it. day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, and I was saying, the one thing, for some reason, like, I never have that. I never look back and be like, well, I shouldn't ate those chips yesterday. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't ate that pizza yesterday. The hell with it, dude. Like, be a human, live your life, and just understand, and just audit, though, how you feel in what the rest of the week looks like. And all you can control is the next meal and the next drink and the next workout. You cannot go back. So just be kind to yourself and just roll with it, man. And, you know, try to not 
go to places like <laughs> that serve super dope cookies. Well, it's like for me, just really paying attention to having not having a lot of sugar, you know, in a, on a consistent basis is so helpful for me. But when I do have sugar, then I just crave it so hard. Like today I'm like craving sugar because I had sugar last night and it just makes it that much harder. So, um, everybody's different, but usually what works well for me is when I do plan to indulge, you know, the next day, I just try to cut it out immediately that next day. So I can start to get back into that good routine for majority of the week. Um, but it, it's, it's hard because my body naturally, once you start feeding it the sugar, it's like, it's like a drug. <laughs> well, and the problem is with those cookies in particular, they're so big, mm-hmm. you can't really eat them all at once. So there is stuff left over the next day. But I didn't, you know what I usually like this morning with my coffee, I was like, oh my gosh, I really want, cause you left it on the counter yeah. and I, there was still like three halves left I think and I was like I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna look because I really wanted some with my coffee but I put it on top of the fridge and was like nope these are for Jeremy (laughs) out of sight out of mind (laughs) uh but that's the only thing I I did that with the Halloween candy too I put it in the laundry room the big bowl because we had hardly any trick-or-treaters I thought you threw it away no it's in the laundry room I don't like any of that stuff well you kept eating it. The Laffy Taffy. I took on a... I do love Laffy Taffy. I took some Laffy Taffy. I don't like the suckers, though. Yeah, I'm not that's why I got them. the dum-dums or whatever. That's why I got them. Get them at the bank, son. <laughs> at the car wash. I was give you <laughs> Do they really? I, I haven't got a car wash in like five years, so I don't... Uh, I don't know that. It's so bad. But I do like Laffy Taffy. I don't. I hate Laffy Taffy. I don't like the banana ones. The rest of them I like. But I don't like the other things. Like I'm surprised we didn't dig into the Reese's. That whole bag of Reese's is in our freezer. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yeah. I don't even think it. Where? In the bottom? In the top. Oh, I didn't even look. Mm-hmm. See, if I don't know it's there, I'm fine. But then if I... Yeah, we just can't. We don't... Anyways, the point is... is uh, Don't be so hard on yourself. Pick yourself back up and if buy, you fail. And buy single serving stuff and then you don't. Just throw it away because otherwise you're going to keep eating it like an idiot. And it's not good for you. But if you do, don't worry about it and just make a better choice the next day moving forward. And that, my friends, is eight habits of people who thrive in a dumpster fire. Can I title this eight habits of people who thrive in a dumpster fire? If you want. I like that. And this came from, the original was success.com. I don't have the success Success magazine. Do they have authors on a lot of these? I don't have the stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, if you guys want the full thing, um, I'm happy to send it to you. I can throw it in an email on the newsletter this week. But that is where the inspiration from this episode came from. Really good uh, talking points for sure. Uh, a lot of benefit. And uh, we found it helpful. So we try to share some of these things with you guys along the way. And it's just hopefully easy listening to uh, put you in a good mindset. And honestly, just a nice uh, reminder of uh, you know what you should be doing to just keep crushing it and uh, keep things moving forward. So. Um, anything else, Heather? I'm good. Cool beans. Uh, again, reminder, you guys, our 50 days of fitness fat loss challenge is kicking off here in two days in about five hours. So again, November the 11th till December the 31st, it's the last 50 days of the year. We do an exercise every day for all 50 days, uh, on top of sharing all the eating stuff we do, the bonus workouts, and then kind of how we navigate the holidays, uh, and that stuff. I'll do a lot of videos in there as well. And uh, it's just a, it's just a helpful program to hold you guys accountable and keep things you know hopefully rolling uh, 
the right way. And you can do it from home, even with just a set of dumbbells and some body weight. And then obviously we have more advanced stuff that we share with people who have more access to things. But it can be done from your home, which is nice. And again, it's the last thing we are running online for 2020. And then I think uh, January, we'll do our 47-day transformation. And then after that, I have a lot of programs that are new uh, that have never been run before. We have this 30 for 30 program, which is is probably the best fitness programming thing I've ever done, which I filmed during this, you know, uh, season of life here and our Sunday advanced Metcon series, which will do a full program of just those workouts, which will be by far the hardest program we have ever done online as well. That will probably come after the 47 day in early 2021 as well. So, but if you want to rock with us the last 50 days of the year, hook me up, link some Instagram bio, and I'm happy to, uh, share a podcast discount code with all of you guys. And odds are I'll be back later this week to wrap and just chit chat. So thanks Heather. Thank you. Uh, So if you guys happen to be on iTunes right now, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. Go to your podcast app. Scroll your finger all the way down. Drop me a five-star. Leave a couple comments. I truly would appreciate it. And if you think this can help a friend or family member, please share it with them. And I do appreciate all of you guys who share these on your Instagram stories. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, I'm happy to always reshare anything you do of us, whether it be the podcast or any of the, the quotes we put out or obviously the workout videos. It means a lot. And uh, you guys have an amazing rest of your Sunday. So until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.